Hello everyone, and welcome to Three Levels Deep. Uh, I'm Matt, and today I am joined by Santo. Hello, hello. And... No one. We're down a man today. Yep. It's just the two of us. <laughs> Recording podcasts on the side. <laughs> um, and we've got a... Got a bit of just a normal podcast for you today. Just going to be talking about what we've been playing, or in uh, Santo's case, what he's been streaming. Um, yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, pretty much all oh. the games I've been playing, I've been streaming, so... Over at 3LevelsDeepTV on Twitch.com. Yeah. Or is it Twitch.tv? It's Twitch.tv, damn it. <laughs> I, they probably I have think, both. They I probably read yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, I don't... I'm double... Yeah, it's Twitch.tv. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, uh, I guess, did you want to start? Yeah, sure. Uh, so I streamed, well, I'll say the entirety. It's up to you whether or not it's actually the entirety of Pokemon Shield. Uh, you know, Gen 8. I went from, you know, the start to beating the champion at the end. I consider that the entirety. Post-game means after game <laughs> so uh haven't actually played any of the post game uh, the post game's not great anyways yeah i figured like a lot of them t tend not to be like the last one i think i really enjoyed was uh diamond and pearls really uh with the like battle frontier island kind of thing yeah was it platinum that had the battle frontier uh I think it was platinum yeah i think it was platinum they both yeah. had the island but i think platinum had like way more stuff because that had like a bunch of different like it wasn't just the battle tower it, like had the my favorite was the um oh, i forget what it was called but it was the one where you basically got like rented pokemon oh uh, and um had, and then picked one from each team that you beat to try and like build a good team Oh, I can't remember. Like that—that's uh, in the Platinum? Battle Dome or something. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't remember. I don't remember what that's. I—I don't know that I did much in the post game of Platinum mm -hmm. myself. But yeah, uh, Pokemon Shield. So, uh, what do you think? Uh, so Pokemon's changing. That much is fact. Yep. Like. Pokemon's a series for me that I think that if they just made, like, Pokemon black and white over and over again, I'd probably be satisfied. Just, you know, here's a yeah. bunch of new Pokemon, here's the same kind of formula, new attacks, new gym leaders, new areas, maybe a few fun gimmicks. Uh, but they haven't... <laughs> fun gimmicks in terms of, like, traversal and settings and stuff like that. Not battle gimmicks, because they can't seem to make any one of those in a way that I like. Uh, uh, of all of them, uh, the new, the one for Scarlet and Violet seems the most interesting to me. Potentially, yeah. I, I think I need a few more details about it before I render final judgment, but it's definitely better than the stupid Z moves. Those were the dumbest thing. It, it's better than just a big, powerful move or a more powerful temporary form with yeah. just better stats yeah and then there's a whole like you know there's the dynamax and there's a gigantamax and i swear i don't know the difference like i didn't even realize uh 
like the fire gym layer. I didn't even realize I was fighting a Gigantamax Centascorch instead of a, just a Dynamaxed one. Yeah. <laughs> like, I couldn't no, even tell. Dynamax is so that every Pokemon can reach, reach uh, get, like, the stat increase and everything from that, but... Uh, yeah, only some select Pokemon have unique forms. Uh, I think and they have even unique, then, a unique move too, right? Uh, yeah, there's some unique moves, but for the most part, it's just uh, the the move. There's a Dynamax move for each type. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. and like in the base game, the only way you can get those unique forms is from catching catching it from a raid right uh so it's like it's not even like you have to go out of your way to kind of get any hmm. yeah so when i say pokemon's changing the 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 real problem for me is just the pokemon games feel a lot more uh okay i kind of want to say linear but that's not true because they've always been linear for the most part. Um, There's only been a few games. Like like Gen 1 and 2, you can do a lot out of order. Yeah. In terms of gems. That's mostly it. But uh, I guess what I mean more is that you're like... It feels like you're railroaded. Like, yeah. Here's the, here's the next thing you're always like told. Here's the next thing you gotta do. Here's the next thing you gotta do. Here's the next thing you gotta do. The element of exploring is gone. They're very hand-holdy. Yeah, so that's something I am slightly more excited about for the open world Scarlet and Violet. If that, you know, sense of exploring is back. Like, I remember, you know, like the caves in uh, Pokemon Shield there was, and the like little dark forest area. It was just like, they were really small and pretty straightforward, like... I remember getting lost in Mountain Moon as a kid. All right? Yeah. <laughs> like, G- give me a strength puzzle in a cave, please. Uh, uh, <laughs> that, I, I got stuck in for, like, weeks in Ice Pokemon path. Gold. Ice Path, yep. I couldn't figure it out. I couldn't figure out the, the little strength blocks into the pits, into the ice floor puzzle. I, I couldn't figure it out. Uh but Pokemon Shield is like railroady in a very weird way, where there's there's plot stuff happening, but you're explicitly told don't worry about that. Just go continue the gym challenge so that you can fight Leon at the end, and then you you do that the entire game until you get up to the very end, and right before you're about to fight him, like five things happen that you have to do. Yep. Here's, here comes like, the plot. Like, what is... This is some of the... It's, this is bad pacing for any game. Not even just a Pokemon game. Like... Though it's not the uh, first time the uh, the champion fight's been interrupted. No, but it's the most egregious. It, yeah, it is. At least in black and white when that happened as well, plot was happening throughout the game and you weren't just ignoring it. Yeah. And like... Pokemon Black and White had an actual, you know, pseudo-villainous organization instead of just a bunch of frickin' (laughs) 
like I, fans I of their miss, local uh, <laughs> YouTube there, there star. There hasn't or been a good villain team since Gen Five. Yeah. Now, now that being said, I do like Team Skull. Yeah, Team but Skull gets a pass for their walk animation alone. It, <laughs> it, at least Team Skull has personality. Even the grunts have personality. Yeah. Team Flare are very snappy dressers, even if, you know, they were pretty lame. Yeah. But, yeah, Team Yell and this one, they're just, like... They're just groupies. They're just Marnie's groupies. That's yeah. it. Yeah, and, like, every... Like, 90% of the time when you're barred to go to the next area, it's just because they're just, like, standing there, just being pricks. Just yelling. <laughs> and it's like... Okay. It... They're living up to their name. Team Yell. Yeah. It's, it, Shield just didn't really feel like a very good role-playing game. Like, no exploration. Very linear. Uh, that being said, I do like... Uh, decent amount of the new pokemon i think there are some good designs definitely better oh, than, yeah definitely better than like x and y that had some really bad designs they introduced an entire new type in that and like still all other designs were really bad but i was pretty happy with my team in shield uh one thing that i'm just like really weirded out but i don't know the best way to put it, but, like, the dynamic of having po just Pokemon walking around the overworld made me not want to fight ever. Which is, like, complete, the complete opposite to me in most RPGs. Most RPGs, I get into most of the fights. Like, I don't tend to run from random encounters unless I'm really just, like, trying to do something. If I'm progressing through the story, I just get into all the fights I can because generally the game expects you to but in pokemon shield you get so much experience candies from doing the dynamax battles and the fact that all your pokemon gain experience from every battle like if i was fighting a lot of the random encounters that i was going up against i would have been insanely over leveled oh yeah like how hard is it to like whose decision was it even to remove the toggle for experience share? I don't know. But, okay. So I've actually turned my opinion on this slightly, where I think that all your Pokemon getting experience from battles is actually fine. The problem is the amount. If it was, like, 10% okay. instead of 50% for every Pokemon, that would be fine, I think. Encourage more switching up of your party, who's in the lead, yeah. Yeah, but also make it, you know, a little bit easier to passively train a lower-level Pokemon, for example. But, like, yeah. Th think about it. If you have a party of six and you fight a Pokemon battle, your first one gets 100% of the experience, and then all the other five get 50% of the experience. That's 350%. Yeah, that's 350% experience, like, from one battle. What should be, you know, under 50%. Whereas if it was, whereas if it was 50% experience split amongst the rest of the team. Yeah, that'd be 10% each. Yeah. That'd be much, much better, I think. It, because like, that's the thing, the entire time through Pokemon Shield, it just felt small. Like, the, the entire region felt small because 
I was just kind of running from A to B, avoiding Pokemon instead of actually battling them. So my time spent through all these different routes, like, I was just finished routes pretty much instantly. And there's also other pacing problems because of these small areas where you'd have, like, a decently large stretch between two gyms, and then you'd have two immediately right after one another. Oh, I know exactly where you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Like, going from the, uh, in my case, the ghost type to the fairy type gym was one little forest away. Yeah, and, and in that forest, you don't even get overworld Pokemon. Oh, you're right, you don't in that in that section. Yeah, it, it's only uh, the little exclamation marks that appear in the grass. There's no overworld Pokemon there. Yeah. Aside from a couple impidimps off to the so side of the path that can ambush you. Right, right. That's it. <laughs> yeah, and and like the, you know, the shaking exclamation point is you don't get into that battle once you see it. If you just keep running, you won't get into any battles. Like, yeah. the game still had repels, but I'm not even sure what those did because I never had to use them. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not entirely sure myself. I've, I'm sure I've looked it up before because I was curious as well, but I've forgotten how. I maybe they only affect those, uh, those uh, in the grass encounters. Yeah. I mean, if they stopped every level like twelve Choodle from just like bum rushing me while I'm trying to walk through the wild area, then maybe that's actually a good thing. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. So, one other thing that's really messed up about the pacing is the levels for of trainers and stuff for the pacing. Like, generally in one area, every trainer has the same level for all their Pokemon, despite um, how far along in that route you are. So... Like, you're gaining so much experience from these battles, you're fighting every trainer. You'll probably, you might gain, like, two to three levels from your entire party from the time you start a route till the end. And then you're still overleveled. So, like, I had to, like, stop myself and remove a bunch of my mainstay Pokemon from my team just to keep my Pokemon at the same-ish levels as the trainers I was fighting. Ah, uh, so that's why you were switching around your team so much. Okay. Because I remember watching you train a bunch of stuff that wasn't your main team. Yeah, like I got to a point where in like the end game routes, I was just like, okay, I'm gonna use like two of my B team and a bunch of Galar Pokemon that I haven't evolved yet, just to get like you know Pokedex entries kind of for these new Pokemon to see what what they are and like what moves they learn and get a better handle on them. <laughs> And that was actually kind of fun, fighting with basically a two-Pokemon party. It got me into a lot of situations where I had to uh, really think about how, how I could actually win. I, I guess that, that is kind of one pro towards the new experience share, just being able to do that. Yeah. But, again, like, you could do that uh, if the amount was less, or... Yeah. Or, like I said, like, you get... I had so many candies from experience candies from doing the uh, raid battles just like i i didn't even think i did all that many i did a fair amount off camera but i still don't think i had i did that many i could probably get like you know maybe 20 probably more pokemon up to from like level 10 to level 50 like easily like no problem that's how many candies yeah. you, were, you get from those things so like, like i've got a ton on my file like so many that pretty much I just use if there's 
if there's a community day in Pokemon Go and there's a bunch of shine like and it's a Pokemon that can be transferred into Shield, I'll just catch them and try and catch the shinies and go and then just transfer them over there to evolve using the experience candies. Yeah. I learned that 99 is not the limit for item counts because of how many bloody candies <laughs> I got. Yep. Hundreds. So now I wonder if it caps at 999. Maybe. So, yeah, so the level pacing was just, like, kind of weird that way. But then you get to the very end, and it just goes off the rails. Because of... Like, you get to the basically the champion battle, and then you get interrupted for, like, three trainer battles or something. And, and like, three big trainer battles and a few grunts. And then you go back to the champion, and he's, like, ten levels higher than the last battle you fought. And it's like, yeah. what did you expect here that I was going to, like, not immediately go this champion battle I've been cucked out of for the last 45 minutes? <laughs> uh, is this just, like, your way of enforcing the fact that Leon's supposed to be unbeatable? <laughs> that you're supposed to lose the first time? I cheesed the hell out of them, to be fair. Oh, I, I, I saw, I yeah. So many uh, revives and potions used. <laughs> yeah. Again, I had so much money from just, like, all the crap I was finding in the wild areas that... I had so many full restores and revives that I got to the point where, oh, okay, your Pokemon can't do half my HP? Okay, my entire team gets revived over the slow, slow course of, like, 20 turns. <laughs> just so put, putting one out to be a shield and just bring everyone else back. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so I, I sort of enjoyed my time with it. Like, I still like, you know, collecting the Pokemon, thinking up nicknames, building teams building movesets, like, that's all still fun to me, but... Yeah. Just the I, I, region I, I, itself. Yeah, the region itself, but, yeah, I always love going in and, like, trying out all the new Pokemon. Yeah. Just, uh, even doing, like, multiple playthroughs and just trying a whole new different team, which is actually pretty easy on the Switch. You just have to create a different profile. <laughs> huh. Yeah, I guess I haven't actually used, like, the Pokemon Home thing or whatever, but, like... Would you be able to transfer Pokemon between two profiles on the same Switch using that? Yes. I can use my main Pokemon Home account, and I can select which profile I want to check Pokemon games for Pokemon in, in Home. Cool. Because, like, that's something that I haven't done all that many times, is do multiple playthroughs of Pokemon games. Uh, unless you count, you know, the uh, cash grab uh, third side game in the in the series yeah. like like a diamond or a platinum or a emerald or whatever i i mean my main reason for having played through shield i want to say i want to say i've played through it three times and i borrowed my brother's copy of sword for a playthrough once as well <laughs> but i would not have played through it that much if it weren't for trying to get uh, certain legendaries for my living decks, which I need multiple of. Right. Because, like, even one of the... The first DLC adds a legendary called Cubfu. It has two different evolutions, depending on which, uh, which tower you go to in that DLC. And you, you can only get one Cubfu per playthrough. Of course. <laughs> so I had to do... A, I had to do three playthroughs on my copy of Shield on a second, well, two two playthroughs on a second account, 
just so I could get a second one to evolve and a third one just to keep as is for my living decks. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, the only time I've ever um done like a just a pure second playthrough was um in Heart Gold, where I I traded some Pokemon over and it's like okay I'm gonna go from the start with this team, and it was like yeah uh, it was a I've done beast that a couple team. times like uh, it was like Torterra, Blaziken, Tentacruel, uh, Dragonair. I never actually got to be a Dragonite <laughs> by the end of the game. Uh, that's fine. Just throw an Eevee light on it. Yeah. Uh, Absol. I forget who my last Pokemon was. Yeah, I, I, I've been meaning to replay through uh, my copies of White and White 2. Mm-hmm. And I kind of want to try the hard mode on White 2 when I get to it. Is it hard mode? Uh, yes. It Now, uh, White 2 actually comes with the easier mode. Um, but if you connect with someone who has Black 2, you can actually unlock the harder mode, which I think... I'm not sure exactly what entails, but I know some gym leaders will have more Pokemon. I think they're, like, higher level as well. Huh. Maybe I'll have to do that. I actually own Black 2, I think. It's either Black 2 or White 2. But I, I started playing that and then just got, like... I was so uh, impressed from my first playthrough of Black and White being all new Pokemon. And then in 2, I had so many instances where... I actually wasn't seeing that many of the Pokemon from that region. <laughs> like, it was just like, yeah. oh, here's, you know, Riolu that, or whatever. It's like, I don't want, I don't want one of these. I'm over because when That's because when uh, Black and White came out, a lot of people were complaining about it being all new Pokemon. Those people don't know game design. <laughs> like I... I was perfectly fine with it. I loved how... Like, and it makes sense with how... Uh, how big of a region change it was. Like, it was supposed to be... Like, the change is effectively from Japan to the eastern U.S. Yeah. So having a bunch of all-new Pokemon just made sense. And I, I, I loved it. Yeah. But apparently like, a lot of people complained, and that's why they changed it up for the sequels. Yeah, like, I try to use as many new Pokemon as I can, or... Uh, Regional forms, I'll make that exception. <laughs> I, I, that, that's, I, I like regional forms. Oh that's yeah, that's, nice, that's uh, actually one of the best additions from the last couple, are, are the regional forms. Even though they kind of make the base forms kind of kind of forgettable in some cases. <laughs> it's like, ha, have, have you seen Wiglet? What the hell's going on? Alright, <laughs> I'm not happy. I'm not happy about Wiglet. <laughs> No, because now they seem diglet. Because <laughs> now they also seem to be going off into um, like similar, similar family, new first stage kind of branching off regional forms as well. Now, yeah, because some, some some of them just got kind of silly with like, oh, only the regional form gets to evolve. It's like, eh, that's dumb. Like Surfetch, I think that's dumb. That you can't evolve a regular Farfetch'd into one of those. Yeah. In fact, they do seem to kind of be fixing that a bit with uh, 
or at least changing that a bit with uh, Scarlet and Violet, because now uh, Giraffe Rig has an evolution, and it's just regular Giraffe Rig evolving into it. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> Is this name still a palindrome? Uh, Furigriff. <laughs> Say that three times fast. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so... But, uh, apparently there were a lot of people, uh, after they revealed that name, they were just like, I actually nicknamed my giraffe rigs that. <laughs> <laughs> of course. I mean, I, I'm sure a lot of people nicknamed their Alolan Diglets Wiglets. Considering <laughs> <laughs> that all they got was a fresh trim. Wig trio. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I wasn't really a fan that much of Pokemon Shield. Uh, I'm still, like, cautiously optimistic about Scarlet and Violet. Like, yeah, I'm in the same boat. Like, I, I I know I'll go in and enjoy, like, trying out the new Pokemon. But outside of that, as for the rest of the game itself, I don't know. Yeah. I'm also pretty, uh, eh on the, um, like, initial setting of it, basically. It's just like, oh, you're in a Pokemon Academy and you're going to do a field project. I'm like, god damn it. Is everything going to be set in a bloody school now? I already dealt with that with Fire Emblem. I don't need that Pokemon <laughs> to do this too. School school is not supposed to exist. Ten-year-olds are supposed to go fight. I, I'm just glad it's a... It, it, it's not a replacement for the gym system and that the gyms are still there as well. It's yeah. just another thing to do. <laughs> yeah. Alright, so we're going to keep the gym challenge plot and the region-specific plot separate. Like they did in Pokemon Shield. Because <laughs> <laughs> keep them separate all the way, instead of one of them not existing till the end. Oh, yeah. It's a mess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, that's one game that I streamed. Uh, before I talk about the other game that I streamed, I just I did want to mention that... Maybe this is an interesting topic. Uh, we experimented a little bit with the uh, Risk of Rain 2 uh, mods... Oh yeah, and, I was I was watching you guys play some of that. Yeah, yeah, and some of them were pretty interesting. Some of them were blatantly not well created. I'm sorry to say, uh, I know there's only so much people can do, but some of them literally glitched my game out, uh, <laughs> and some of them actually fit fairly well. Um, like I did uh, Tracer from Overwatch fit pretty well. Uh, Jinx from the League of Legends fit pretty well. Ganondorf kind of fit, but he was kind of <laughs> didn't. Like, some people, a lot of the characters are, like, pretty melee-focused, and that's not exactly the best, uh, the easiest thing to do in Risk of Rain. There's a lot of flying enemies. Though Ganondorf just has straight up the uh, flame choke from uh, Smash, so you can literally, like, grab them and dive-bomb them out of the air. <laughs> Uh, I mean, but of course there was a Goku and Vegeta, which you could fly around with to get those, those flying had, enemies. Yeah, but those ones had too much stuff going on. They for did. Them. They, they did. Like the UI abilities. was ridiculous. <laughs> like they required a dependency mod to have extra ability slots. Okay, like they required additional mods for them to get to get them to work. Um, but they got me thinking a little bit. Um, like I generally don't use mods or explore mods at all for games. I generally like them pure. 
like d developer intent matters to me a lot so yeah i, I i'm kind of the same if it comes to like a like a, a poor port though and you're like trying to restore something right like those are good mods like like uh I've I've been meaning to check out the Sonic Origins collection, and you can bet I'm going to install a mod to restore the Sonic Three soundtrack. Yeah, like I've installed a mod to restore the original Super Nintendo soundtracks for the Final Fantasy uh, Game Boy Advance ports because those Game Boy Advance ports have some extra content to them, but they kind of butchered the music in my opinion because the GBA. Uh, Apart from very few games, uh, I the sound on the GBA was pretty pretty lackluster. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was it's it's that weird middle ground where it didn't have like the extremely low fidelity charm of the original Game Boy, but didn't have enough to actually emulate you know a Super Nintendo. <laughs> yeah, sound wasn't too good, but there were some pretty good visuals on the GBA though. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was nice that there was you know a platform for sprite art uh, with with uh, all home consoles going to three D. Like the only other mod that I've really spent any long amount of time on is uh, the Long War mods for XCOM, uh, the XCOM reboot and XCOM Two, which those I mostly like just because they add a ton more uh, character classes that are actually pretty well thought out as well as like enemy types. Uh, but they make the game too difficult and unforgiving. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's unfortunate. Basically, uh, it's, their philosophy is that you're supposed to lose missions. And my philosophy is you're never supposed to lose a mission in a strategy game if you have a good strategy. But there's some situations yep. where it's just like, no, this is way too many enemies for you to deal with at this time. With the equipment you could possibly get by this time too, so... You know, like I said, that's why I prefer, you know, pure experiences that are developed <laughs> with a clear-cut design rather than tacking on stuff to other people's. Yeah, no, I, I, I get that, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I guess, so the last game I've been streaming, I'm in the process of streaming it right now, and we'll see if I'll be, actually be able to finish it, is I've been streaming uh, Fire Emblem 7, one of my favorite games. Uh, I've played through it, start to finish, in the double digits of times. But this time I'm That's playing it lot. with a twist. Uh, I'm playing it as a, ran a randomizer. I'm using uh, a program called uh, Yoon, which is the name of, which is the name of the canonical uh, god of chaos in uh, one of the Fire Emblem games, which is a great <laughs> name for a randomizer. Yeah, uh, and it's got a ton of different options for randomizing many of the games, actually, not just uh, Fire Emblem Seven, not even just the ones on the Game Boy. It's got uh, some randomizer for Path of Radiance, which was on the GameCube, as well as uh, Genealogy of the Holy War, which is on the Super Nintendo. Okay, Super so Famicom, it's a, I should say it's an all-inclusive randomizer, kind of like the Universal Pokemon randomizer. <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't support every Fire Emblem game. There's a, there's a different randomizer out there for like Three Houses, for example. Uh, but this one, it lets you randomize and customize a ton of stuff. Like different base stats, different character classes, different stat growth rates. Even which characters you get at what times. Uh, you can shuffle them around, which 
uh, is really funny to see certain characters have completely different personalities because obviously the game script stays the same. It's just, you know, <laughs> the the toughest nails army general is suddenly just like a prissy, uh, snooty noble cleric girl. It's like, okay, it's kind of funny. <laughs> Uh, but also lets you ra- randomize weapons, and as well, uh, it has a few different ways to randomize enemies and buff enemies as well. So, and you can turn all all these different options on and off, so you can really customize your experience. So, there's a lot of different runs you could do. You could do just a vanilla run with buffer enemies. You could do a run where just you know your base stats change a little bit or your growth change a little bit. Just to give it a little bit more of a dynamic experience for some for a game that somebody may have played through double digits of times. So, do you have everything randomized? I have damn near everything randomized. Um, like all of the like main portions of the game that can be randomized are uh, the only things that I haven't is I disabled a couple uh, weapon special effects to be randomized. Uh, because they would make things horrifying. Uh, I already decided to randomize every weapon. There's options in there to keep the basic weapons that you might get safe from randomization, so you always have like a base set that's fine. But in this one, for example, uh, Iron Lances, you know, the basic lance that a lot of enemies are going to have, gives plus five to their defense, which means that they take five less damage in a game where you're generally doing like eight to ten damage in the early game. Per hit oh, so wow <laughs> in the early game some of my characters couldn't even damage these guys uh Just tanky enemies right off the bat yeah um there's a couple that i probably sh- options i also should have turned off that i didn't really realize for example one of them is uh weapon durability uh being able to modify the uses of that and i probably shouldn't have randomized that because it doesn't really it just makes things a little bit more annoying in most cases, but there's certain uh, long-range magic tomes that can reach up to 10 spaces. Uh, that I got one of them that had... Normally it's supposed to have five uses, so you know you can kind of just like park units there in range that can tank it and be fine. Or like run down... Or you can try to run down and kill the guy, but in this one they have 22 uses. <laughs> Oh, so wow. you so it's <laughs> difficult to wait that out. And actually the final boss of the first act of the game had one of those. Oh no. And that was on in a situation where you literally couldn't rush up and uh kill him. So I had to tank it. Luckily I also I didn't have any healers at that point. You're supposed to have a healer at that point, but mine got randomized into uh like a a warrior or something. Probably a pirate. Everybody got randomized into damn pirates on my game. Uh, so, like, I just had to wait it out and hope that I dodged enough lightning bolts, and I did. So I was able to get through. Uh, yeah, it's... So- it's sounds really like a mess. <laughs> yeah. And, right, so there's one other... There's a couple more random options I didn't turn on. Like, for example, one of them is to not randomize uh, thieves for your party, because... You need thieves and lockpicks to be able to open doors and open chests. And if you don't have those, then you're kind of screwed. You might saw like you might be able to soft lock yourself if things go awry that way, but so I'm just like, no, let's not deal with that. 
I did, however, randomize special classes, which are uh, like bards and dancers, which you're only supposed to have one of at a time, and those are units that can spend their turn to make another unit move again. So I've been able to do some really busted stuff by having two of them. And in theory, <laughs> I can make them dance and sing back and forth and just gain experience over the course of one turn until they're max level. But I've refrained from doing that. <laughs> no no, no cheesing the, the uh, randomizer? Not in that way, no. But like, there's... Usually you're guaranteed to have healers at certain times. You're guaranteed to have mounted units that have good movement at certain times. You're guaranteed to have flying units that can fly over terrain at certain times. But I had none of those. So I've I've gone through a fair amount of the game, like two-thirds of the game at this point. I've gotten past one level that possibly could have I could have been locked out of via RNG, because it was a rescue mission. And I didn't have any flyers that could properly rescue the guy. Oh. Uh, but there's one mission coming up that is that I might not be able to beat. We'll see. But I've been enjoying it so far. I don't think I'll do it again, honestly. Not for a while, at least. All it's making me do is want to play through the game normally, which is a problem. <laughs> I've got too much stuff to play. Oh, I know that. Mm -hmm. Speaking of having too much stuff to play, you've been playing a fair few games too, I, right? I've played a fair amount um, since our last uh, episode that wasn't that uh, massive four-hour beast. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah so um oh where should i start <laughs> uh i guess i'll start with uh some of the smaller games i played um i played through uh donut county nice which um i know you and alex have talked about before but yeah no it's just a fun little charming game just quick little like hour and a half thing um Kinda a little in the vein of Katamari, I'd say. Yeah. Um yeah, no, that was just a fun little charming game. Um I played it before my uh game pass expired. <laughs> uh next I also played uh Aperture Desk Job. Oh, okay. Uh, which is about? just it's just a short little half hour uh experience that Valve released along with the release of the Steam Deck. Okay. Um, and it, it's just like a charming little, like, if you like the comedy in Portal 2, uh, you'll enjoy this. It's just a fun, quick half hour, just get through it in one sitting and just have a good laugh. Cool. Um, but b basically you're just, uh, you're working the, um, product inspection line at Aperture and you're just inspecting toilets <laughs> <laughs> all right and Figures it just kind of yeah and it just kind of snowballs from there for a bit <laughs> but yeah no it was just a fun little experience um and next i played panzer dragoon uh which one uh the hd re-release of the uh, original huh I didn't even know that happened. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that was just a fun little on rails style experience. Um, you know, Sega Sega's answer to Star Fox. Um, yeah, yeah no, that was right. fun. <laughs> um, 
But now, uh, yeah, those are just the short little experiences out of the way. Um, I played the original Resident Evil. Uh, or, well, not the original. I played the uh, <laughs> HD HD version because yeah, I was not going to Which re-release of that game have you pl- did you play? The, the, the more recent <laughs> yeah, yeah. one. I, I was... I, I really enjoyed that game. Really? Um, I, I did both playthroughs, Jill and Chris, and managed to get the best ending on both of them without looking anything up. Um, oh, wow. I, I think I might have a newfound love for survival horror. <laughs> well, you picked <laughs> the right for it. Yeah. I, I, plus, I'd, I'd never really delved into any survival horror games or or Resident Evil, for that matter. I, I've seen all but the last movie... Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> but I'd never touched any of the games, and I had a blast. Like just the the game itself is for the most part. It's like I want to say it's seventy five percent a big puzzle. The whole thing is a puzzle, and I just had so much fun with it. Um, and I I got it because there was a humble bundle a couple months ago. That included Resident the the HD remake of or the HD version of Resident Evil, um, the new remakes of RE two and three. Uh, it also came with Resident Evil four, five, six, seven, and Revelations one and two. So I'm just going to be working my way through those <laughs> and hopefully having a blast. I'm I'm hoping I'll play through. I'm hoping I'll get through Resident Evil 4 before its remake comes out and then kind of just do a back-to-back original Resident Evil 4 followed by the remake. Wow. It's a lot of games, man. <laughs> it, it is a lot, but uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to jumping into the next one. But off the heels of Resident Evil, I jumped into a different horror game. Before, Alien before, we, Isolation. before we go on, I, oh. I, I did just want to ask... How did you feel when you turned on the tank controls? I hated it. <laughs> uh, I, I, oh, boy. I went with the uh, more classic controls, and yeah, I I would not have enjoyed that experience. I probably would not have enjoyed my experience with that game if I had to use tank controls. Yeah, that was a thing for a while. Heck, I uh, remember I played a JRPG called Jade Cocoon on the ps1 and that had tank controls in a jrpg which was you know not nearly as bad as having to you know actually move around in a game with some amount of action in it but it was still so confusing for somebody who hadn't used them before friends don't let friends use tank controls yeah uh but yeah, um, off the heels of that, I've jumped into Alien Isolation, which I'm still in the process of playing through. And the AI can be a little weird in that at times, but it really nails the uh, atmosphere of like the first Alien movie. And like it, it's it's done a good job at spooking me uh, a couple times. <laughs> um, after a while, I do get I feel I do get a little desensitized, but uh, to it. But for the most part, I've been having fun with that as well. Uh, just uh, yeah, just uh, playing some spooky stuff for uh, October here. <laughs> yeah, uh, I can't do that myself. I get spooked way too easily. I've learned I'm a bit I'm a bit of a control freak when it comes to gaming. I don't 
So survival horror games, like stuff just ain't in your control, and I just start freaking out. Yeah, that's why I like strategy games so much. Yeah, I mean, like in Resident Evil One, things really aren't in your control because you're not even controlling where you're aiming. (laughs) It's just luck that you're gonna get a headshot. Jeez. So it could you could like uh, get a headshot in just a couple rounds, or you could ammo dump into a zombie before they die. Yeah, lack of control there, but uh, RE2 remakes diff, uh, not like that. So hmm. I'm looking forward to jumping into that. But yeah, Alien Isolation, uh, really been enjoying that. And I I looked at the release date on that the other day, and I think it was 2014. And I just I felt myself aging. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I I did not realize how old that game was and that it came out back it was still on the 360 and PS3. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, that's not the uh only alien game I've actually I've actually been playing. I also did a co-op playthrough with two friends through uh Aliens Fireteam Elite. Okay. Which which yeah, Nessa onto Alien. It becomes an action thing. Yep. Um, and that, yeah, that's exactly what it is. It's a three-player, it, it, bit weird choice, three-player co-op, um, but kind of Left for Dead style-ish, where you're just, just advancing through uh, waves of xenomorphs, uh, just trying to get to the end of the mission, and then just goes to the next one, and they make up a chapter kind of like left for dead but yeah that was a that was a blast um i i actually uh convinced my friends to change up a few settings to uh kind of immerse us a little more i convinced them to turn off the enemy health bars so that way like we, we we don't know how close we are to killing them and it just it, it really it really helped with the atmosphere of that game further, and that that game like it also already forces you into a pretty low uh, field of view, which is just which works great for that. Normally, I, I prefer a higher field of view, but uh, for something like that, it works great on a lower one. And yeah, so I mostly played through as the demolitionist class, which. Basically meant I have the, uh, oh, what, it's the, from, from Aliens, that, the gun which is, like, mounted, it, it's like a mini gun that's kind of, like, attached to you. And so in, in this game, it actually auto-targets. So I was just a walking turret. <laughs> <laughs> just auto-targeting. Right. And, it, like, it even auto-targets their heads. Smart um, gun. But, Yeah. But it was uh, it was great because if we were in a position where uh, if we were in a position with a lot of aliens coming at us from two different angles, I, I could pretty much cover one side on my own and just keep them at bay there. But yeah, no, that, that was a that was a fun game. Uh, it wouldn't have been as fun without two friends, but playing mm. in co-op, that was a it was a great game. But I, I did play it on Game Pass, so I didn't spend any money on that. <laughs> but, yeah, no, it was just... And it's... It is a little jank, because it's... It's not AAA. I'd say it's AA. Huh. It's uh, got a little... little bit of jank here and there, but... 
it wasn't without its charm. It was just a, it was a fun co-op experience. Nice. Yeah, and uh, I guess there's one other thing I did jump into, um, which I've played a little bit of. I jumped into the new free-to-play game Overwatch 2. Oh, God, really? You gave Blizzard yes. your phone number? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> um, yeah, I, that's I, Overwatch. I, I haven't been able to keep track of just how f- messed up the release of this game has been. Uh, it's, it's been, been a bit of a mess. It's been a, it's been a mess. Um, the queues are gone now, at least. Oh, oh joy. <laughs> I got, um, got that sword faster than WoW. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I mean, it's it's Overwatch. I, All right. <laughs> I, I can't really I can't really complain, um, ex- except now it's Overwatch with no loot boxes, but a shop and a battle pass. Right. Uh, As- because it's free to play. Yeah, cosmetics, baby. Yep, and locked characters. <laughs> yeah. Um. Now, if you did own Overwatch One, you actually get all three of the new characters without having to pay anything for them. I I think I think two of them. I believe Junker Queen and Sojourn, who I've actually been playing quite a bit. Um, they uh. I believe you can get them for free regardless, but you have to unlock them if you're, like, a new player. Right. Um, but Kiriko, the new healer, she's in the she's locked in the battle pass. Which, if you buy the battle pass, you get her at tier 1. Otherwise, you don't unlock her till tier 55 out of 80. And is this battle pass going to be limited? Uh, two months. So after two months, you're not going to have access to this character then? I feel like there's going to be a way to get them. I just don't know what it is yet. Yeah, maybe you got to buy them individually then. But buy, Yeah, buy them individually, uh, or maybe there'll be like a long unlock process. Yeah. Like, I mean, I suppose... Here's the thing, if they limit access, that uh, people can't have access to this character if they weren't there now, like that's really messed up like yeah if they want this to be an esport it's no longer an esport if they do that yeah and it seems like they've wanted overwatch to be an esport a lot so they, they have leagues yeah like there's you can get league skins in the or actually i don't even know if you can get those now because I, I, I know in the uh original overwatch there was the league menu to get league skins mm-hmm. <laughs> i don't think i don't think i was playing long enough to to see that <laughs> Um, yeah, I I'd, I'd, I'd hopped in like I can't remember the last time I hopped in. It was like a while back, like maybe like a year or two ago. Yeah, I think the last time I played was when Doomfist got released. That was a while ago. Yeah, um, yeah. No, I've been playing a lot of uh, Sojourn, the new uh, Canadian hero. Oh, finally! Uh, there's Canada also a Canadian represents. map, Toronto. Oh, of course. <laughs> of course. Of course it's Toronto. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, Sojourn, she's... In terms of weapons, she's like another soldier. Just a full-auto uh, assault rifle. 
but as you land shots, you charge up her secondary fire, which is basically just a railgun bolt. Oh, cool. Um, so yeah, she's she's pretty uh, fun, and her alt uh, just makes her railgun charge up on its own pretty quickly. So you can get a number of the railgun shots off. And I believe with the alt activated, the railgun bolts will actually penetrate enemies too. Ooh, like that. <laughs> will it penetrate Reinhardt's shield? <laughs> uh, if it's weak enough, maybe. <laughs> actually, actually, they might penetrate shields. I'm, I'm not entirely sure. But yeah, no, it's just, it's more Overwatch. Did you Which, know? Do you know it playing any differently with the five v five instead of six v six? I yes. Um, so my recommendation is don't match into open queue. Oh, match into roll queue. Oh, because they have in a roll queue, okay. Yes, um, and in roll queue, teams are limited to two uh, two attack, two support, and one tank. And all the tanks have actually gotten buffed a bit. Uh, they're a little beefier now because there's only one tank. But that one tank now can be a pretty big threat. Mm -hmm. And just um, in roll queue, like when you have that static, that static set, it's a it's a pretty good experience, I'd say. Okay, but if you go into open queue, can you have like a team of five tanks? Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where it can get a little... My favorite yeah. match I've ever played in Overwatch was when I convinced uh, a friend I was playing with and the rest of our randos that we were playing with to go all Winston <laughs> when uh, when the game was like first released. When when you could have multiple of the same character. Yeah, and it was a uh, like central point capture mission. Uh, or no, it wasn't even a central point. It was just like the... Uh, the one where you capture the first point and then the second point. So we just all leapt onto the first point, like, immediately, basically. We almost <laughs> got it before the enemies even got there. And with that much, like, pretty much surefire hit electricity, like, everything was just died. <laughs> and, the, actually, and the other team uh, didn't, like, switch into, like, six Roadhogs to actually, like, deal with us. So we got the second point <laughs> super quick, too. The entire match lasted, like, less than five minutes. Just steamrolled them. Yeah. Um, that actually, that does remind me, there is a new mode as well. Yeah. Um, so this mode has a neutral robot in the middle of the map and like, and a barricade on each side and the robot will push this barricade and your objective is to get the barricade pushed to the enemy's, uh, to the enemy's spawn. Uh, but the robot will only move ahead as far as... Um, it'll basically move ahead to whichever team has advanced more. So you can, it can go back and forth because you keep, uh, pushing, like, one team pushes one way and then you wipe them out and then you, while they're respawning, you push the robot back and then push the objective more their way and, like, it can just keep going back and forth. Like, it's like a bit of a tug of war. Right. But yeah, uh, Overwatch is Overwatch. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i guess there is uh yeah that's it for uh what i've oh wait no there is one other thing i played one more thing yeah 
I, I dabbled a little bit in Fight Crab. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Which is a crab-based fighting game. And it's just... It's ridiculous. It's stupid fun. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> so basically the way this works is it's uh you just you pick your crab or lobster. Ooh, it's got lobsters too. The, wow. the, there is a lobster, yes. <laughs> but then there's uh it's mostly crabs. And then you can select their armaments. Um there's some two handed weapons. Um or there's uh, some, or I guess two clawed weapons. Yep. <laughs> um, but then there's also a single claw weapons. So you can have a weapon in each claw, um, like I don't know, a pistol, oh, or a sword, or a jet engine this is that you can turn on to fly around. <laughs> this just feels like a game designer saw that one like gif of the crab holding the knife and got inspired <laughs> yeah no that, that seems about right um but yeah it's a it's a it's 3d uh and the controls are weird um so you use the d-pad to select the direction you want to move and you'll keep moving in that direction uh the sticks control your claws mm-hmm uh, the bumpers are pinch, and the triggers are punch. Or, if you're holding, like, a gun, the bumper is fire. Right. Uh, but you can also just toss away whatever you're holding with uh, either uh, B or X uh, to correspond with, like, the left or right claw. And then you can pick, like, you can get your opponents to drop their weapons, and then you can pick theirs up. Oh. And so basically, you just take damage over time. You take a percentage. And the higher your percentage, the more likely you're, the more easily you're flipped over. Oh, is that the victory condition? And, yeah, if you're flipped over, there's a three count. <laughs> and uh, if you can't get back up on your feet before the three count, uh, it's over. But wow. your percentage will just keep going higher and higher and higher, like Smash. <laughs> wow. So is, but it, it, is it, like, physics-based? Uh, or, or is this, like, like, when you get flipped over, do you have to, like, crab your way out? Or is it just, like, mash yeah, buttons you, or something? Uh, you kind of got a kind of bit of both. You mm -hmm. got to crab mash your way out. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it's just, uh, it's stupid fun. That sounds like it. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, speaking of fighting games, I just want to talk quick about, uh, Street Fighter 6. Yeah, um, beta codes went out for that. Yeah, uh, didn't get any here. Me neither. <laughs> um, but I watched, uh, a decent amount and that game looks so fun. Oh yeah? It looks great. And the netcode seems fantastic. Um, I, I mostly watched uh, Maximilian play. Oh, yeah. And one of the matches I saw, he was playing against someone in chat who was... In, now, Max is in LA, and he was playing against someone in New Zealand who was on Wi-Fi. <laughs> 
And that match peaked at four frames of rollback. Okay. Where a usual, like, a good connection match is maybe, like, one, and it'll maybe fluctuate to two. So that netcode is pretty good from the looks of it. That's good. That's good to hear. Yeah. And um, everyone in that game just looks so fun. I kind of just want to, like, when that comes out or hopefully an open beta, I kind of just want to try a bit of everyone. Cool. Yeah, I'll be interested to get hands-on with that because, like, Street Fighter's always looked pretty fun, but whenever I've actually, like, grabbed it with my hands, like, I just can't make anything happen. Even basic mm. combos, like, they just, I, like, in Super Street Fighter 4, I went to, like, the little challenge mode or whatever where they give you, you know, some basic, like, combos, working up to more intense combos, and... There's a lot of characters I was barely able to do, like, the first couple basic combos on. Like, Street Fighter has always felt just a little bit stiff to me, so it'll be interesting to see okay. how this one feels. Granted, I didn't play 5, but I, I'm, I'm just more used to uh, a lot of the flashier, more combo-based uh, fighters that seem to have a little bit more leeway with how things link together. Just, uh, as Max says, uh, looser fighting games, yeah. not tighter. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, we, we got a video coming up where we played some uh, Persona 4 Arena Ultimax. And I had yep. that game against you where I played a show and I I was just, I was literally mashing, but it looked like everything <laughs> linked together or something. Yeah. Like, it was just insane <laughs> offense. I'm just like, yeah, this is what I want. <laughs> I want to be able to cover for my bad play. <laughs> my bad execution. Uh, yeah, no, I, I like a bit of uh, everything for my fighting. Like, I can play, like, a... I, I prefer loose, but I, I, I like uh, tighter games as well. Uh, I mean, it just depends on the, the one, though. Um, yeah. But uh, Street Fighter Six definitely seems like it's not going to have the lack of content that Five launched with. They <laughs> seem to be doing everything to have the opposite release that Five did. And it's looking great. Like, there, there's even some... There's some fun, like, modes as well. Uh, like, there's a mode where instead of health, you have five pips, and each pip is a knockdown. Mm -hmm. So the goal is to knock down your opponent five times, or get knocked down five times yourself first. But... Um, it also has a twist where there will be an occasional bull that charges in from off screen. <laughs> okay. And there also seems to be one that is a bit of a tug of war system with the health, where it's a shared health meter with an indicator in the middle. Mm. And it just, it just seems to keep going. So like, uh, so like yeah, you, so you, gotta, like, you gotta get on a big roll to be able to win. Yeah. You gotta get on a big roll, but like, you can also like bring it back. Nice. Um, but yeah, no, th this game seems to... Be, Street Fighter VI, uh, they seem to be... Uh, they, they've put in the mechanics from, it seems, like, 3, 4, and 5. Wow. So it's kind of like an all-inclusive thing. Like, parries are back. Oh, oh joy. I bet Justin Long <laughs> is happy. Uh, I've, al <laughs> I've already seen uh, a clip on Twitter... Of someone in training mode setting Chun Li to do that super, 
<laughs> and then they parried every hit of it and Justin responded it's like nah I ain't getting hit by this <laughs> <laughs> uh. um, but, and actually yeah training mode is very feature rich um, there's 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 frame data displays oh nice um which come free with the game, whereas uh, Tekken 7 charged you for the frame data. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Namco Bandai. What are you doing? <laughs> you have all this Gundam money. You really need to nickel and dime people for frame data? <laughs> that's the thing. Like That's good to hear that Street Fighter 6 seems to be coming together really well. Because Street Fighter 5, like, Capcom was in such a bad position at the time that sony had to bankroll a street fighter game which yeah. was insane and then well um so actually the uh the head on street fighter 5 is no longer at capcom yeah um he went on to uh the new melty blood <laughs> um the people in charge of street fighter 6 are actually the ones behind monster hunter world yeah like that's the thing is just like all right Monster Hunter World, that best-selling game in Capcom's history. Hell yeah, we got money now. Then and Re not only and that, Resident Evil Eight did well too. Yep, but then not only was Monster Hunter World like their best-selling game, but the people behind it are also big fighting game people. So they put them in charge of Street Fighter, and it seems to be working so far yeah. from everything uh, we've seen. Yeah, it'll be cool to see Capcom continue to re resurge because, like, they they have a lot of games in their back catalog. Like, they were putting out a ton of stuff, and then just their catalog seemed to get more focused and focused on only, like, three things. Yeah, uh, like know. Resident Evil. Resident Evil, Monster uh, Hunter, and Monster somewhat Hunter. Street Fighter. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's nice to see Capcom in a resurgence, for sure, and... Their, their new engine, the RE engine, seems to be real good. So they've, they've just been using that for everything. Yeah. Um, and th this engine was even built with the Switch in mind, too. So e e even um, it's good for Switch ports as well. Oh, cool. Are they getting native uh, ports instead of cloud versions? <laughs> Actually, there are some cloud RE games on the, oh. the Switch. Well then, um, but like um, in terms of like Monster Hunter Rise, like it used the RE engine. That it was like I haven't played the Switch version, but I've heard it was uh, really good. But uh, I, I have the PC version, and it's like I just want the higher frame rate. <laughs> so yeah, I think is that all? All the games we've played, played and watched. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. All right, so. I guess. We'll, oh, wait, we'll, no. Uh, one more? <laughs> there was one more thing. Uh, it's turning into I a Columbo episode. <laughs> um, I also finally played the Integrade campaign for Final Fantasy VII Remake. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, Extra stuff. Which, which yeah, that was, that was fun. Just a significantly shorter little side experience. Just a... Just a Showing you, oh, hey, what's Yuffie up to? Yeah. W oh, what's Yuffie up to before she joins the party? <laughs> Let me tell you and, what she gets up to when she joins the party in the original game. 
So, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, I think of all the playable characters in Remake, I think Yuffie was actually my favorite. Nice. I, I, I like the way she played the best, personally. I, I really... I don't. I still like don't know damn near anything about remake, but I really hope that the um, other games do the uh, Yuffie's uh, main side quest right because that's one of my favorite. Well, okay, it's one of the most Im- impactful parts of that game in terms okay. of for from a gameplay perspective. It's a huge pain in the ass, but it's like kind of iconic. Okay, yeah, I'll. Uh... I, I'm planning to play through the original before uh, part two of remake comes out, um, so I'll have like a so I'll have Point like a comparison. better better comparison. Yeah, uh, I still can't believe that Final Fantasy remake is even a thing. <laughs> like, I, I yeah, it's 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 really turned into its own franchise. It's a franchise in a franchise at this point. Mm-hmm. Oh, actually, uh, speaking of Final Fantasy VII, I don't know if you saw, but the other day, they announced that they're shutting down that Final Fantasy Battle Royale. Oh, Final Fantasy Battle Royale? Uh, it was a mobile-only game. Okay. Um, I'm trying to remember the name of it right now. Uh, Final Fantasy VII, The First Soldier. Um, it hasn't even been a year since it launched. Barely a year. Wow. And they're shutting it down. Listen, if you think the Final Fantasy series, like the main series and some of the side games are a hellish landscape of weird ideas, like, you haven't seen anything until you get into the mobile stuff. (laughs) I think there's four different Final Fantasy mobile gacha games. Oh my god. Like, it's insane. Why do I feel like some of them are unlicensed? No, they're all very licensed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. There's, you know, there's uh, Final Fantasy Record Keeper, Final Fantasy uh, Brave Exodus, uh, the Brave Exodus spinoff. That was a Final Fantasy Tactics one that's just horrible. Uh, and then I think there was a Dissidia branded one as well. So, like, I don't know, man. Just a. Uh... A mess of how can we milk this franchise? Yep. <laughs> They're masters of, of the craft, really. Yeah, I mean, it, it was supposed to be their final game. Yep. Back in, what, 80... God. 80-something. Yeah. Still living, still going on strong to this day. Yep. Final Fantasy 16 coming eventually. I wonder... God morbid thought but i wonder what they'll get what number they'll get to by the time i'm dead oh <laughs> they started before i was alive <laughs> so, yeah but like will they make it to like will they make it to 30 we'll see yeah, i i, I kind of have the same thought but with pokemon yeah like what jumps? generation will they be on when i die <laughs> yeah how many pokemon will there be I, at this point, I think we're... How many different verses of Charizard will there be? Oh, God. I, 
Okay, so when I originally played uh, my first copy of Red, which I picked up from the Cloverdale uh, flea market. <laughs> nice. Um, uh, because at the time, I didn't even know there, it was a game. I just thought it was a cartoon on TV. Right. I didn't know it was based on a game. So when I'm there, I see the copy. I get it. Um, I picked Charmander the first time. Now I can't stand Charizard. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm a Bulbasaur man now. Hell yeah. But, I'm out of taste. But, like, just Game Freaks or, like, the Pokemon Company's favoritism for Charizard just needs to stop. It got two different Megas. It got a Gigantamax form. Um, before the other they, two. Before the other two, because those ones came in in the DLC, the first DLC. Um, yeah, it's like, oh, the star Pokemon of the champion of this region, Charizard. Charizard. <laughs> like, what the, come on. And according to some leaks for Scarlet and Violet, uh, Charmander's line is the only of the original starters that's transferable into Scarlet and Violet. What, what are they doing? <laughs> like, honestly, what are they doing? Like... The assets are there. Like, why would they exclude? Yeah. That doesn't make any it's, sense. It's weird. It's going to be another selling point of, the, of whatever DLC they put out. Like, oh, here's, an, here's another hundred Pokemon you can acquire. It's like, <laughs> thanks, I guess. <laughs> at, at what, you're telling us to collect what, them all, and then you're not even letting us be able to. Yeah, I, I've got them all in my living decks in home. At what point can I get them all transferred onto the Switch? Not that I would do that, because you can't save your Pokemon game saves to the cloud, because they don't want you duping. So if I if I were to keep them my living deck stored in games on the Switch, and something happened to my Switch and I lost all my save data, my living decks is gone. Mm. So I'm, I'm just... To keep my living deck safe, I'm stuck paying the, like, 20 bucks a year, keeping them in Pokemon Home Limbo. <laughs> but at least they're safe in the cloud. Yeah. Up until they decide to shut down servers. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, speaking of shutting down, I think it's time to shut down this podcast. This episode. Yeah. Yeah, so as always, you can get into contact with us at 3levelsdeep at outlook.com. So that's an email. Or if you're watching this, uh, listening to this on YouTube, you can leave a comment under the podcast episode. Uh, or you can go watch uh, Santo stream some more Fire Emblem 7 Randomizer over on Twitch at uh, 3 Levels Deep TV. Yeah, give us a follow there to make sure that you're notified when we go live. That's all the plugs we have for you today. So let's. I'm gonna go plug my uh, stomach with food. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> Later, Thanks everybody. Thanks for listening.